It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is, as always, a pleasure to have you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan, author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Today's special guest is someone I go back many years with and has a really interesting take and an interesting angle on how he uses e-commerce in his business. So let me introduce you to him. Uh, Alistair Broom is the founder of Garage Flex. Alistair and his team design and install perfect garage storage solutions. Three years ago, they started selling their modular products online, and today the online side averages about £5,000 per month, but more importantly, attracts new customers into the core design and install side of the business. Hi, Alistair. Hi, Chloe. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's great to have you here. Um, I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business, a very, very quick overview. So, um, how did you get? How did your business get started off in e-commerce? Um, we started the business in 2005, and for probably um, seven years, six or seven years, we were just selling by visiting people. Uh, so it's a totally offline business. Customers then came to me and said, "Is there any way I can buy these uh, in a quicker fashion, easier way to do it?" And we had already looked at um, e-commerce. So we built our own online store so that people could buy top-up products um, as existing customers. That was that was the start of it. Since then, we've developed it quite a bit, but uh, the, the start was as a service to existing customers. So those were people who they bought a full solution for you, had it all designed, and then they just wanted another drawer or another hanger. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We we would have we would have designed and installed their garage somewhere in the UK. Uh, we always leave a bit of space while they make up their mind what they want to use that space for. And so they then go straight online, click and buy one of our bits and pieces that fills that gap. Okay. So before we get into kind of the details of what the business is, is right now, I think we should probably just make really clear what the product is. Because we're talk- we're not talking the garage itself, are we? We're talking about everything that goes into it. Yeah, absolutely. We 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 design and install the storage solutions. So anybody who's listening who's got a garage might think it's a little bit of an uh, untidy, bit of a mess, bit of a dump. Uh, so we put in cladding on the walls off which you then can hang any number of cupboards, shelves, surfboard holders, whatever you want, bike racks, golf racks. And it's all those items that we keep in stock here in our head office uh, in the Thames Valley. And it's those items that they can buy. Uh, having said that, we also have two different types of floor covering. And one of those is floor tiles. And that quite a large growing part of our business is selling floor tiles online. Oh, wow. So, so it's the, so flooring is quite a big part of it too then? Yeah, it is very much so. Because if you ever look at a garage floor, it's tend even even brand new houses. They're dusty, they're dirty, they're all contaminated, and people want a covering for that. So a very very good option are are interlocking floor tiles. Okay, cool. So let's get back to to where the business is at the moment. Um, you said that you started the e-commerce business because the customers wanted to be able to buy top up products. Is that still your primary target market now? 
Um, no, not really. They, they are an important part because we do want to keep our customers happy and give them the easy way to buy. But to grow the business, we need more customers. And so uh, we're looking for people who get ex- see us through our exposure in a different channel, um, see it, like it, might buy a lifestyle kit to install themselves and then come back to us for more. So it's a way to get a lot more customers into the system as well as selling product. Oh, so it, it's not just it attracts people who then pick up the phone and go, I need your help. It's also customers who are coming to to your site, they're buying a DIY kit and they're then saying, this is great, we want more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, one of the, one of the difficulties since I started this business is uh, that it's an unknown industry. Uh, not a lot of people know that there are about two, maybe three companies in the UK that can install storage systems in garages. So you don't have to go to B&Q or any of the big retailers anymore. You come to specialists like us and we have to find as many channels as we can to tell the whole world what we do. And the store has become a very good channel, um, but equally people buy and then they come back for more. So the more could be, look, I've put a little lifestyle kit up. Um, I actually want the rest of the garage done. Can you come and do it for me? Oh, excellent. So um, so let's talk about the nitty gritty now. Where in You're in, the, in Oxfordshire, as you said earlier. Whereabouts are you selling to? Uh, we sell throughout the UK. Um, when I'm in my rash moments, I also do say that we've sold to Nigeria, uh, to France. We've actually been to France and installed a garage down there and one or two European countries. But the core business, 95% of our business, we sell throughout the UK. And that's where we design and install as well. So we've got teams of people all over the country who fit and install, but the store covers everywhere. Okay. And um, what's the platform that your website's on? We we just changed uh, last year to Shopify. Oh, cool. Yeah, which is great. So user-friendly, so easy to build. Um, don't embarrass me by asking me who we used to use because we've just become shop- great Shopify fans. <laughs> it happens so often. Um, anyone who's listening who's interested in Shopify, if you go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify, you'll find um, a very special offer for listeners of this podcast, which makes Shopify even better in my eyes. But I'm, as everyone who's listening knows, I'm a big Shopify fan. It's just so easy to use um, and gives you so much flexibility. So I'm going to risk asking you the next question because I know I know you're not you're not a diehard techie Alistair but are there any kind of key widgets or plugins for customer reviews or anything that you're using oh um, <laughs> I'm not a techie Chloe uh, I sell I manage the business uh, and I've got two very good techie people who I I could ask um, I, I, I don't know is the answer but I know whatever they've got in there it works we get good traffic it's very easy the payment functions are very easy and that's all I can say Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so we've talked. So I've made a note to find out for next time. <laughs> really? Well, if you find out the answer before this one, this uh, this podcast goes live, please do let me know, and I'll add add a couple of links into the show notes for everybody. So you mentioned about the fact you've got a couple of techies, and obviously, you know, a large part of the business is about the the design and the installation and the selling, you know, kind of the traditional selling model. But how many people have you got doing the marketing and working on the website? And are they part of your team or have you chosen to outsource them? Um, a bit of both. I've got um, a marketing manager who's based in the office and she does all our on and offline marketing. Um, and then I've got 
an outsource who built our original Garage Flex website, um, who, who managed our old store and who has rebuilt our new store. So he's built Shopify for us um, and he manages it. Uh, we have we have weekly and monthly meetings and reports um, and he's just awesomely good. I would I would credit him with big bulk of the success of the store um, because he knows what he's doing um, and he manages it really, really well. Oh, cool. Are you um, are you able to reference his uh, name or company name? In case uh, anyone yes. who's interesting in listening is interested. Yeah, he is. He's Albert Toussaint of Quintima, which is Q-U-I-N-T-E-M-A. He's based in Reading. Really nice guy. Um, and and he, he's he manages our website, so all our store, all our web um, SEO, pay per click, and other marketing initiatives he deals with, and he manages the store. Excellent. And you mentioned there about uh, pay-per-click and SEO. So how much effort are you putting into each of those? Uh, on the store, none. Um, we don't actually pay-per-click. Um, we do SEO, but we don't pay-per-click at the moment on the store. We, we keep saying we're going to start. Um, it's a slight sort of strategic issue because – I import uh, most of my product from abroad and I have a warehouse full of stock that my prime target for that stock are my design and install customers. And um, what I have to keep a careful eye on is that all, a lot of that stock is held back for them and therefore we don't sell too much online. We're about to change that because we're, we're changing some of our suppliers so we can get greater volumes in. Then we will be doing some pay-per-click. See, it's an interesting problem, isn't it? That I know, I know a lot of people have, uh, especially you know if you've got two routes to market. I know, I know a lot of people who sell on Amazon and eBay. They're like, well, I need to put that stock on Amazon and that stock on eBay, so I better not do any promotion of my own site. Then yeah. you've got people who are like, well, I've put that in the physical store, so I shouldn't put it. Oh, I can't risk doing too much on the website because then my physical store will be empty. So is that, I find it's actually quite a common problem trying to keep enough stock coming in to keep the different sales channels um, yeah, well it's, stocked. It's, yeah, it's been a big problem with us because we have bursts. I mean, I think last week we signed up 10 design and install customers, which will be done over the next few weeks. And I've had to allocate stock for them. So we've actually had to mark as sold up one or two items on our store. Because we get a container in, well, every three months. If it's if it's if it's less than that, then you know I'm paying a lot of shipping costs. So it, yeah, it is a challenge, and I'd love to hear how other people manage it. <laughs> um, I think everyone has their own unique way, is what I find, and yeah. uh, it's it's difficult. But you've, but uh, you know, fundamentally, the most important thing is to make sure the stock's available for your highest margin area. Yeah, that's right. That's that's what we have to do. Yeah, but we, it will change. As I say, we're, we're, we're getting a couple more supplies in shortly and, and that'll change it. So are those those more localised suppliers, are you focusing on those? Have you chosen to source those types of products locally because they're the sort of thing that you sell the most of or they're the sort of thing that you think will sell best online or that they're the most problematic items to get from elsewhere? Or is there another theory behind that? Um, interesting. I've um, I've faced this dilemma for a long time. I'm a great fan of trying to get things made in the UK. Uh, and there's an engineer just up the road from us where he can make very, very basic widgets, but he can't make the technical stuff. I've actually had four quotes from people in the UK and they're all way, way more expensive than elsewhere. So I found some really good sourcing from South Africa and Russia and China. 
and I'm just going through which one of those I get them from. Um, and the cost is quite considerable saving that I'll be able to get greater volumes in. So it's I'm, I'm trying to source in the UK, but most of it is manufactured steel or plastic products. And just this country, sad, sad, sadly, it's just we, we, we can't make it at the right price. So I, I, I've highlighted the key um, products that we must have in high volume, get those made elsewhere, get higher volumes in stock, and then manage it very, very carefully. The endless challenge when you're when you're involved in both the manufacture and the selling. Okay, well, I'm. Go- oh, sorry, Alistair, you're going to no, say. I was going to say, and especially, really, it, it, it's sad because of the steel situation. Because I use a lot of steel. Yeah, well, let, let's not get into that one, or we no. could be we could be here all afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> quite, and we quite quickly turned into a political podcast, which I. I'm not sure those listening have signed up, signed up for one of those. <laughs> um, okay, I was going to say, let's move on from, from getting the details on, on what you're doing at the moment to what do you think is the most awesome thing in your business right now? Well, we've recently rebranded uh, and that's been really, really exciting. So it's been time consuming and degree of cost. But it, like anything, when you, when, you, when you launch a new brand, uh, or when you put something new out, there's great enthusiasm. We've realised how many more um, areas of the market we can tackle. Um, so, so that's been a great exercise. And I play, I pay great credit to Simon Gregory of Clear and Creative. He's done our rebranding for us, and it's been really, really, really good exercise. So that's exciting. Um, we built two new websites again to bring more traffic partly to our store so as well as the um the the, the uh, garage flex site we've created diyyourgarage.co.uk which links into our store and we've created garagefloorsolutions.co.uk because garage flooring is a massive massive market so all of that is linking through to our store and i think that's going to bring big big um, volumes of business um the other thing that we're about to do is videos videos i've been saying that for a long time but we're going to do loads more videos um one of our suppliers is howden's a lot of people might know howden's and howden's have got a really good e-store in as much as they they uh, every product has a little video underneath it so you can see the application and i want to emulate what they do so we're looking forward to getting that up and running um and and it's just you know there's so much there's so much potential in this business because so few people know that you can buy widgets and gadgets to store all that stuff in your garage. So great, great opportunity for us. Excellent. I'm going to come back a couple of steps because I've, I've got some burning questions on, on some of the bits you've just been saying there. So the, the rebrand, you mentioned about getting involved in different, in different areas of, of, um, of selling. And I'll come on to the two new websites in a second, but, how you said it's been quite time consuming and it's been quite a bit of investment are you able to give us some kind of idea of the scale of you know when you started the you know how long the project lasted from beginning to end and quite how much manpower you think's gone into it let alone the cost side of it but the internal internal um effort with it with um Yes, it's probably taken um the best part of 4 months to get it to where we are now because I'm sure you've had this problem, and I'm sure other people do. You you want to rebrand for the various business reasons you decide. You've then got to come up with a name and a domain name. And it's it's quite difficult to do that when you get a piece of paper and you have a few beers one night with your mates and you say, hey, what do you think would be a good name? 
So you do that for a little while and then you think, no, that hasn't worked. So let's go to an expert. And so we did what I should have done earlier. We went to Simon um, and there's quite a lot of you, you go back, really go back to square one. You have to strip out absolutely what you do so that you can come up with the solutions, the problems and strip it down to see exactly what you're doing and why you want to do it. Then that gives him all the information. So he has a real in-depth knowledge of your business. And then he comes up through the process with various options, which you sort of don't think are very good, and then more options, and you eventually won't choose the one you like. Then, of course, you've got to decide on colors and everything else. So it's time-consuming to get it right. Uh, and, of course, you don't really know you've got it right until you've launched it and you see what the customer's reaction is. Um, so it's probably been four four months, and it's probably cost well. I mean, fees. I don't know, four thousand pounds, five thousand pounds, something like that. Um, and we've still got brochures and all our collateral to do. And then the next challenge that you have to come through is how you, how you launch it. How do you cut one off and cut one in? Because <laughs> yeah. you know, I've got three thousand square foot of stock, and you can't just you can't stop selling one one day and start the next day. So we're having a sort of a phase through where we phase out of one and phase in the other. Um, so there's quite a bit of mental work goes on, particularly when you're running a business. And so it's almost like sort of it's your nighttime work to do the rebranding and it's your daytime work to run the business and sell. <laughs> yeah, it's it's certainly not a decision to be taken lightly. No. Is, is I think probably the key lesson from that. It's not about just going on to 99 designs and asking for a new logo. No, and funny enough, I got the logos through and then one of my sort of other advisors said, oh, I don't think I like any of those. I think my kids could do better on PowerPoint. So they went to PowerPoint and he sent me some and they were absolute rubbish. <laughs> uh, oh, I shouldn't say that in case he's listening. Uh, we so, haven't named names. So I think you might get away with that one. Um, uh, might, the, the, so the, the bit of advice I do give is, is choose the right guy and get the right advice. Oh, always in everything you do. You can waste so much time trying to do it yeah. yourself without going to the expert, which brings us on nicely to DIY your garage um, in some ways. Yeah. Uh, so I love the fact you've gone for those two separate websites to highlight the new route to market you found of the DIY person who wants to fit out their own garage, which we know is a sales route for you getting them as a full-on design client further down the line. And mm. the fact that product expansion of people being really interested in the flooring on its own is a great reason for creating a separate website to focus on the flooring. Yeah. My question around these two is, are they going to be e-commerce sites in and of themselves as they're, as we talked about the e-commerce being a non being a way to bring customers into the core uh, design and build part of the business? Or are they more going to be content sites that drive people to the sales team and to the e-commerce site? Uh, they're going to be content sites. Yeah, they're going to be um, they're going to be content. Um, so, well, Garage Floor Solutions, first of all, that is going to be totally content. So it's going to be lots of advice, lots of problem solving. And by the way, if you want to buy, click here, and it takes you straight through to our store to the floor tile page. So it it, it it's it's content, but a lot of people I do believe when they're it's, it's quite good keywords, Garage Floor Solutions. So already we've noticed that people are finding that site and coming through to us. Oh, excellent. Uh, DIY Your Garage, that actually is the is the alternative name for the store. 
Uh, and we used that because we knew we were going to rebrand. And so we wanted to try and minimize any loss um, of taking an old store name down and putting a new store name up. So if we if we ran DIY Your Garage in conjunction with our old site, then we would get a lot – it would be spread between the two sites. And now the Garage Flex um, is, is up and running with the DIY Your Garage. We're hoping that it will be a lot of continuity. So the, the Shopify site has been DIY Your Garage since it went live? Yes, that's right. Oh, cool. That's an excellent way of yeah. doing it. Yeah. And well, it helps it's, define it's, the different bra- – the different – solutions as well yeah. doesn't it yeah that's right you see yeah, because the other thing about the whole rebranding is is you can't you, if you've built up to whatever four or five thousand monthly visitors you can't suddenly stop and bring a new one in and expect to keep that same momentum no so there's got to be ways to handle the momentum okay excellent so um one quick question then before we dive into the top tips round, which is what's on your radar? What's on your to-do list at the moment? And I, I mean, we've you've, there's clearly quite a lot with the videos and everything already, but is there anything else key sitting on the to-do list for you? Uh, yes, there's a lot on my to-do list. We've got to, we've got to uh, sort out all our new suppliers um, uh, because we're we're changing a number of key suppliers from my key products. So we've got to get um, those all finalized and make sure the quality and the price is all held for a consistent amount of time. Um, I'm actually going through every single widget we buy and checking we're getting it at the best price um, so that we're keeping wow. an absolute eye on all our prices. Uh, I'm looking for more sales consultants because we have sales consultants out in the field and I need more um, who are hungry and keen to get um, more business in different parts of the country. Uh, I'm looking for more carpenters because we um, are very busy on our design and install side. And I'm looking really, I'm looking really to add in anything else that people want in the garage. Uh, so for instance, um, if we go to a customer, we fit out his garage, a lot of people have said to us over the years, can I have? And we've just consolidated that. And there are two or three things that now we've got access to a good res- um, uh, design and build company. They can build anything for us. So it's really stripping back and seeing what else. For instance, we we don't do this through our e-commerce site, but our other site we do. We sell garage doors. Um, I think we, we sell a lot of garage doors at the moment. Um, we're looking to just add in other items that we can sell. Which is clearly a strategy that's worked with the flooring in the past, hasn't it? So yeah. it's kind of list, listening to the customers. I think this is a lesson for any business is listen to your customers, give them what they want and expand your business in the ways you know they want. Yeah, because, you know, what I've, I've found out um, and it's sad it's taken me a long time to do this, but but our customers are very good and very loyal to us. I've known that. But, for instance, quite a few of them want uh, to keep their wine in the garage. Uh, and they want wine chillers. I can give them two or three very, very good wine chillers um, and give them the companies and recommend they go and buy them. But, you know, I now say I can get them and they'll buy it from me. Yeah. So, so don't people shouldn't be frightened of adding things in that they can get elsewhere because they will buy from you as a loyal customer if you give them good service. 
Excellent advice. So now it's time for the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives all of us some really good ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Alice, are you happy if we go into the top tips? Yes, and I'll try and give you the right answers. Go on. <laughs> I'm not sure there are right answers, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll see. So uh, the first one is the book top tip. If everybody listening to this podcast took this Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend to them? I can't believe you're asking me that question. There's only one book. Which one's that? E-commerce Master Plan. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I did read it. I read it when it first came out and it was so good. Uh, and I've, I've I've picked up loads from that. So I've got to say that, but I will actually say one other one as well. The Be A Met Entrepreneur by Mike Southern um, is just a really good book. If you're starting a business, it just guides you through everything. So e-commerce master plan and the Be A Met Entrepreneur. I should also say, so everybody knows, um, some of you listening will have heard me talk about the story of how e-commerce master plan came about and that I was in a group of people and someone was asking a question and, and I won't, won't relay the whole story here, but Alistair was one of the people in that room when the idea for the book came up. So, um, so yeah, so and it, I thought I should mention that. So I, let's, but, I think I was one of the first guinea pigs to read it, wasn't I? <laughs> oh, quite possibly. Yeah. No, I, I should say I haven't, I'm not an affiliate. There's no reason other than it's a good book. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think does it get the press it deserves? Remarketing. I'm going to say remarketing because I, I, we use remarketing a lot and people don't understand it. They don't realise what it does. I have a customer who's a very senior man in HSBC and he buys through our store every year two or three items. Um, and he rang me up one day and said, I just want to compliment you on your marketing. He said, I go on the Bloomberg website every morning. I go on the Forbes website every morning. You're you're there. I, I just can't, I can't believe how much you must spend. And it's remarketing. <laughs> and are you doing that using the Google AdWords platform or Critio or something else? Yeah, Google AdWords. Yeah, Google AdWords. We spend we, we, we sort of divert money from one source to the other, but so so somewhat we spend a bit more on AdWords and some we spend a bit of that on, on remarketing. And sometimes we turn it off because you can't you can't you can't keep following people. So sometimes we turn it off, put it back into AdWords and then bring it back in when we, we want to freshen it up. Okay, cool. Um the tool top tip then, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool that you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? Um, it's not so much a tool um, as our CRM. Uh, I'm a massive fan of CRM and I have, I've, had, I've had a good one in for a number of years, but we changed last year. Uh, we put in Zoho and it's just so good. Um and we use it, I think, quite sensibly. So it 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 gives us all our all our um, client database, our uh, marketing, our um, database that we enable all our jobs to be um, kept on, all the photographs of the jobs we do. It's just everything, and we can use it here and my sales guys out in the field. So I can't stress enough the value of a really good CRM. Um, and and it's linked into um, to everything we do. So, so do you use uh, Zoho uh, to send your email marketing as well, or use it doing that via a separate platform? Uh, we we use um, we use oh, Mailchimp. 
Yeah. So we've got Zoho is our CRM and then Zapier is the link to send it out through MailChimp. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Mail, MailChimp obviously gives you all the functions that most people know and it gives you all the reports and the data and who opened what and who looked at which page. But 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 Zoho is a very good CRM. We You have to redesign it and rebuild it yourself, but we did that and it's, it's awesomely good. We get so much more business now from people who I went to see four, five, six, seven years ago who say, you're really good at keeping in touch with me, you know, you're really good. Because we, we send out newsletters every month um, and uh, it, it's very good. Excellent. Um, the startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first piece of advice for them? Do it. Um, having researched it, I'm assuming they've researched it. They know what they want to do. They're thinking about it. Then don't procrastinate any longer. Get on and get your site either built or if you're capable, build it yourself, but get it built and launch it and then play around with it afterwards. Um, don't we, with our first e-commerce site, we spent ages trying to get it right. And I wasn't happy with this color and I didn't like the way that looked. And we, we must've wasted weeks and weeks and weeks. Whereas with our Shopify site, we put the key elements in, we put it on live and then we tweaked around with it. And you haven't lost anything. You, you, you'll you pick up one or two sales or one or two people might ring you up and say um, I, something's not working. And that's great because you've got it online. It's active and it's working in the market. So do it. Uh, such Again, such good advice. Uh, no, Master, <laughs> Master Plan World, you can find these top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in this episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 54. That's the number five, followed by the number four. And I've got one last top tips question for you, Alistair, which is, if your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running? Well, that's a really tough one because, I mean, it'd be easy to say, oh, Amazon, because that does the world. Um, I'm a sort of, I think I'm probably a bit of a retailer at heart. Um, so the company I admire the most and always have is John Lewis. So I think I'd probably like to run their e-commerce site, as long as I'm not techie, as long as somebody else does that. <laughs> I, I think you'd be, could be quite confident at John Lewis that there'd be someone <laughs> else worrying about the techie bit. <laughs> I think, I mean, I know there's lots of techie e-commerce sites now, but I just admire them for what they do. And I think they've just got a good site. Okay. So, Alistair, before we say goodbye, would you like to let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Um, yes. Our website is GarageFlex. That's F-L-E-X. So, GarageFlex.co.uk. We're on Facebook and Howes and Twitter and LinkedIn. Actually, I'm plugging Howes because we great site. We do a lot on there. Um, and Which one's that? Howes. How are you spelling it? H-O-U-Z-Z. It's the sort of glorified, everyone used to go on Pinterest, but Howes seems to have taken over a little bit of their market. Well, I'm not not too embarrassed. I haven't heard of Howes, so I have to go and check that one out. Yeah, look at it. It's great, great, great uh, pictures. Um, so we are Garage Flex. Um, on all those uh, social media platforms. Cool. And I'll add the links to DIY or Garage, garage Floor Solutions as well oh, yeah. for you all. And all of that will be at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 54. Or of course, you can just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Alistair, thank you so much for being on the Ecommerce Master Plan podcast today and for being so generous, sharing your knowledge and experience with us. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure and good luck to you and good luck to everybody else. Thank you. 
Well, personally, it was great to catch up with Alistair today, um, but also it's always good to hear about how someone's using e-commerce in a different way. And they operate, whilst they are selling to consumers, Garage Flex is very much a business that, that does the traditional one-on-one sales process, the design process. So it's a lot similar to a B2B business in that, that respect. And they're using e-commerce to pick up extra sales from their existing customers and to bring new customers into the fold who are buying direct before they're then coming in to use the full uh, build and design service. So a really interesting approach and lots of great insight there from Alistair around stock management, sourcing, branding, loads of great topics in this. I hope you've enjoyed uh, today's episode. As one of our subscribers, if you're enjoying the podcast, please do share it with your e-commerce friends and other friends if you want. Um, Twitter's good, Facebook, over a coffee, over a pint, or even on Howls, which is a social media channel I hadn't heard of before. Um, I don't mind how you share it, but please do. And if you really love us, please do consider leaving a review on iTunes. Have a great week, everyone, and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.